Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Very proud of Josh from the standpoint of the ownership that he has taken with that. You saw the urgency down the stretch. You saw him going for it. You saw him willing this team to win. Miami game in particular, this past game in particular. That's what he's going to do. But I also think he is maturing enough to the point of, hey, I understand how to play the position, and I understand how to play the position as it relates to my ability to move and be mobile, but I also understand I've got to be healthy enough down the stretch so I can do that and lower my shoulder when I need it. It's all a piece of it, and I think, again, his understanding of that, we're getting closer and closer to that. He gets it, and so I'm proud of him for that. That's Bills head coach Sean McDermott from yesterday's end-of-season presser. He spoke for about an hour. Brandon Bean spoke for a little over an hour. And off we go. We've got a recap. Sal's got a story at our website, WGR550.com. Good morning. Jeremy and Joe with you here on this Wednesday. The uh, Sabres lost last night in Anaheim. They'll play tonight against the Kings late. It's another 10-30 start for the Sabres who are, uh, yeah, not doing too great. But on to the Bills and to the Western Hotline for Joe Marino, the Locked on Bills podcast. Joe, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. Doing all right. You know, it's funny. I was thinking, as I texted Joe DiBiase here, like, we've got you again. He asked, like, do we give him a break after this now the season ends? And I thought, well, we got the Senior Bowl, and I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch you on that. Is it that. like the, the East-West Shrine game at some point, <laughs> I mean, Joe? I mean, you know, we'll, we'll maybe give you some time in between, but, you know, we are going to get into dr- the draft process Right by the time we get to the combine, we'll be uh, firing full cylinders. You know, you know how it works. You've got lockdown bills. You've got lockdown NFL scouting. You're a draft, Nick. Your uh, your season, your off season is not going to be too long. No, it never is. It's uh, with all the hats that I try to wear in this football space, it winds up being a 365 day a year conversation. So we could talk draft. We could talk yeah. free agency. Obviously, the season. We can get into anything you want to. Well, one thing I want to get into too with you early on. You know, we've talked about these bills through off seasons, approaches, game plans, and I-, I am one who, after that game against the Chiefs, I didn't like the game plan, but I I kind of even realized it on Monday. And you know how this works. You know, you you come out of it and you confirm your priors. I spent the whole year thinking their receivers probably were not going to be good enough again, and here's a game plan that. They kind of had to go for because they also would know that they don't have some of the weapons. Some of them let them down. Diggs drop and Sherfield drops. But listening further and further through the week to a lot of people break down this game plan, yourself included, I got to a space where I'm like, okay, I understand why they did what they did. Is it okay to have a problem that they got to that spot? Well, I, I, I think so. Um, the Bills obviously just didn't have the explosive plays against Kansas City and 
the three opportunities that they had, two drops by Sherfield, one by Diggs, it was pretty disappointing. And the Bills certainly didn't go into that game against Kansas City thinking we want to throw a million passes within nine yards of the line of scrimmage, right? I think it was just a high percentage of the throws that were pretty short. They tried to work stuff down the field. wasn't there. The, the Chiefs were able to cap everything, play over the top, and, and really dare Josh Allen to either force the ball down the field and put it in spots where there's no space, or uh, is he willing to be patient and take the profits? And, and Josh Allen was willing to do that, and it was probably the best offensive performance of any team against Kansas City this season. Um, and, and they were able to have a lot of production and really stress Kansas City in, in ways that they haven't, or at least there was production in ways that there hasn't been all season long against Kansas City. So I think that they played the game the right way. I don't think it was this close to the vest. We don't want to push the ball down the field. There was just nowhere to go. They're leveraged over top, playing two high safeties. And, and if Josh wants to, to push it, then it would have been trouble because there was nowhere to go with the football. And then when he picked his spots, his receivers let him down. But the bottom line is you need more down the field receiving talent. You know, I think is for as much as Kansas City was able to take away vertical stuff, you know, Josh didn't have the guys that could really get loose down the field, and that needs to change. And I think this was a game. I think you it's understood that I'm not the biggest Gabe Davis fan, but this was the type of game where you wish that you did have a Gabe Davis because of his ability to, you know, really kind of find those spots down the field and use his size and, and at times be able to finish those plays. And so, yeah, wide receiver has to be a top priority. You listen to Bean and McDermott yesterday, it certainly feels like they understand that. And I'm excited to see how this receiver core can evolve in 2024 because it has to. If we could play a bit of a hypothetical, you know, we'll get into the receivers that are coming out in this draft and we'll learn about them. But for fans that maybe have seen a receiver of the last couple years come out, hypothetically, what's the type of guy you, you see as being the right kind of fit, whether it's last year's draft, two drafts ago. Um, I just feel like, you know, a, a, a Bills fan, a football fan, is more likely to know the type of game that whoever, insert name here is, rather than some of these draft prospects. So who, which receiver of the last two, three years would be a, the, good, the right kind of fit for this Bills offense? Yeah, I think the key characteristic here is guys that can create separation and create space for themselves, whether that's down the field, or with the ball in their hands, right? You're looking for that deceptive route salesman, guys that are fluid, right? I don't think this is a team that's looking for a big-bodied catch point, go up and separate vertically and get the football. So I think looking at some of the recent drafts, I think about a guy like a Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison last year, shifty guys that can create space for themselves. Those are more the types of players as opposed to like a Quinton Johnston type or a Traylon Burks type, right? Those are big straight line athletic guys that you know have have a tough way to make a living in the nfl with contested catches you know that's just not not a world you want to live in so i think it's more jordan addison zay flowers and and nothing like the quinton johnston's or the um the the Traylon burks types players yeah. and so in, in this coming draft i mean there's going to be options but you want to avoid guys like Keon Coleman from Florida State. It's a buzzy name. I don't know that people are really watching this player and seeing the lack of separation ability and how everything's contested, right? You want guys that when the ball's thrown to them, there's not a bunch of people around them. I think they yeah. need guys that can create that space. I'm thinking back to when the Bills had EJ Manuel. One of the things I, I thought would be a good idea is a guy that – I know, like back, back to EJ, right? <laughs> what would be a receiver that can bail out your quarterback. And I don't – not that, yeah. that not that those guys are exactly the same – but now I don't want to fall in love with highlight reel catches. I want to fall in love with the guys that run 
disgustingly good routes yeah. and will get open and will give Josh Allen, like, he drops back, his eyes go there, and he's just open because Josh Allen's not throwing 50-50 balls out all that much. He's throwing lasers to spots, and I need guys to catch those, to be in those spots and make plays after the catch. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I, I think the, maybe the phrase you were looking for there was the the perceived inaccuracy erasers, right? The yes. Funchesses, the Calvin <laughs> Benjamins. Like, nah, get out of here with that. You know, Josh Allen's not a guy that really likes to throw those types of passes, right? You want to put the types of receivers around your quarterback that makes sense. And when you think about the productive receivers around Josh Allen, Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, even, you know, one season of Emmanuel Sanders, like those guys are players that can get open and create that space. You don't want those guys that just have to win with a bunch of contact on them and has to be above the rim all the time. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, there was one of these on Saturday. We saw Dalton Kincaid make a bunch of those types of catches throughout the year, and he, of course, is here for a while. On on him, Joe, and all of this, in whether they draft another receiver to kind of you know replace Gabe Davis or fill in for Gabe Davis, how do you think, as the season now is over, it went and it's going to go with their offensive identity, which we thought might transform into 12 personnel at the beginning of the year because that's what they were talking a lot about, it's what they did in the offseason. Now, where do you think we are? And is Shakir the right person to really look at for this? Like, his development, I think, means if you're going to add another guy, you know, to, to replace Davis, like, 12 personnel might even be a harder sell than ever, and they didn't do a lot of it because at the end because that means taking Khalil Shakir off the field. Well, I think you just got you have the opportunity to be a really multiple diverse offense, right? Where if you want to do a bunch of twelve, you can do it. You know, they certainly did a lot of twelve, but it was more with David Edwards as kind of a big tight end, um, and he played a ton of snaps down the stretch. And uh, I think you're still gonna, you know, you're really committed to Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. So I think that is still going to be a big part of your offense. But you know, with what you've seen from Khalil Shakir, and of course what you have in Stephon Diggs, you do want to find that third receiver. And I think. I think you can just be very versatile with how you play the game, right? And so, like, you're going to play 60, 70 snaps a game. There's room to be a lot of 12, a lot of 11, and I think the Bills need to be able to to play offense in a lot of different ways. I think there's some good versatility with their skill sets, and if they make the addition at receiver, I'm hopeful that they do. You know, I think that even speaks to the opportunities that will be there to be, if they want to go spread in a bunch of receivers or play some tight formations, they're really going to have the options to do what they want to do. Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast and the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. Joe, when we look back at this Chiefs game and start to look at the defense, you know, there's some numbers out there about McDermott against Patrick Mahomes and McDermott in his playoff exits, and they're they're not flattering. What I want to know is how much should I treat this one like it matters, or were the were the were the injuries or the absences so glaring that it's not reasonable to think the Bills could have had a great game against Mahomes. Well, I thought they'd do better than they did. You know, I, I, I of course, had some low expectations for the Bills' defense given the state of the back seven. Um, And so, you know, I think there is some grace that I can extend there, but I think where you get really disappointed is just the lack of production from the defensive line in a a key spot, right? That was your healthy unit. You were shorthanded at linebacker, shorthanded at corner even at safety for what you like to do with Taylor Rapp, like you're missing key players in your back seven, but your defensive line wasn't really able to take advantage. And I know that Kansas City has the best middle three in the NFL, in their center and right guard and left guard, but their tackles have been really a problem all season long. 
And I think what Kansas City was able to do to really mitigate the tackle play was they played a bunch of 12 and 13 personnel, and the Bills didn't have the depth at linebacker. They're, you know, they're trying to match heavy sets with light sets, and it just opened up a world of possibilities for Kansas City, whether that's in the run game because they got big people blocking little people or you know, just the mismatches and A.J. Klein trying to cover Travis Kelsey. You know, that's, just, that's just not going to work. And then yeah, I think you saw you know, even Rasul Douglas didn't look right to me. Dane Jackson, just, terrible game, right? You kind of expect more out of a guy like that you know, with his experience as a spot starter. He's played a lot of football for this team. So I think you had some, some problems with injuries, but then even some of your, your staple players you just didn't get enough out of. And it's a concerning trend. I mean, you look at – what is this, five playoff exits now, three to Kansas City, one to Cincinnati, one to Houston, and every single one of them you just feel like the defense just didn't come close to pulling their end of the of the bargain. And as circumstantially, you know, I think you can look at each one. They're unique. Um, but I, I, I thought against this middling Chiefs offense that they wouldn't suddenly look like the Chiefs. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, you felt like you watched Chiefs against the Bills and probably gives you a lot of hope for what it what it's going to look like moving forward. So – I didn't expect them to be dominant, but I, I certainly felt like their capacity to get stops earlier in the game would have, you know, I, I just didn't expect it to be that drastically bad. Do you feel like Bills fans could have a little bit of shell shock if the Chiefs look really pedestrian against Baltimore? Oh, there's no question. We know how this goes, Jeremy, right? <laughs> I mean, it's 100%. Yeah, if, if, if they, and I think they will. I think they will. I think uh, Baltimore defensively with, I mean, really what they have at all three levels, them having their linebackers, you know, guys like Roquan Smith and that speed on the second level, there's Kansas City's not going to be able to dictate terms uh, like they did against the Bills. Baltimore's just deeper and more healthy on defense. and yeah, I think I, I'd actually be surprised if the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs this coming week. Joe Marino on the Western Hotline. Was there anything they really could have done different to you, Joe, defensively? Like, uh, like, is there any room for even, like, could they have done something different than A.J. Klein at linebacker? You would have been moving Dodson, I guess, out of where he's been playing all year yeah. and putting Dorian Williams in there schematically. Like, was there anything that you saw that thought, I wish they would have done this instead? It, that could be X's and O's. That could be personnel, anything. Well, I think with the benefit of watching the game, I think you can bring up a, a bunch of different things. And, and because the answer, the reality is what they did didn't work, right? So anything would have seemingly be better, right? I think that that lays mm. the foundation for that conversation to be very convincingly, okay, they should have done this because what they did didn't work. And we have the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I think, I think you could look at Dotson as a, you know, player playing him on the inside and then Williams, you know, kind of the, in the Dotson role, but, it's such a challenging thing to do, and I, I, I feel like you know it's, it's easier said than done, but like Dotson hasn't been to Mike all season long. He doesn't have that familiarity. He was good in that role, and you try to get by with Klein, who you trust as a green dot player. You know, I, 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 that's what goes into it. I mean, Klein killed him out there, but like we have no idea how much they would have been killed if you played Dotson out of position. And Dorian Williams, who just, you know, from a processing standpoint, is really behind. I mean, I know he's fast and physical, and you can see that, you can feel that, but just not very sound when it when it comes to assignments and so you know who knows if it would have been better i think you look at the corners and like obviously rasul douglas didn't look good and jackson a terrible game you could say well maybe this was a kyer elam spot who's you know been the starter and played all the snaps and wins against patrick Mahomes. you know it was that uh, a lever that you could have pulled of course right now yeah that sounds like a good idea um but you know what mcdermott's gonna do he's gonna lean into the guys he trusts in those big spots and you know, I think that they maybe ignored potentially some upside along the way there. 
Do we have any explanation for what happened on the defensive line? Uh, well, I think it comes down to them playing thirteen. What they did is they they played all these tight ends, and it, it stressed them even more to to be able to to defend. And you know, there's there's a lot of blocking that's happening and, and crashing down, and it's just you know they were all over the place. You know, especially the interior. You know, I thought I thought just what it came down to is the middle three for the Chiefs won that game, and they had all the help that they needed on the edges with the tight ends that they wound up playing and. They weren't able to make any impact. And then, I mean, a few instances where they were able to get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes, once again, they can't get him down. I mean, look at the second play of the game. Rousseau cleanly beats Donovan Smith, the left tackle. Mahomes spins out of the sack, finds Rasheed Rice. Nobody's around him, and he runs for like 30 yards. You know, it's, it's, so it's, it's when you have the opportunities to make the plays, you got to make them, right? And that was a big part of what Bean and McDermott talked about yesterday was you got to make the game-winning plays. And whether that's Greg Rousseau not getting that sack, receivers dropping passes, hitting field goals, right? you got to make the plays when they're there to be made. Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast, Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. We know that they'll be looking for receiver. We also are pretty confident defensive line right there will be a spot as well. And Joe, I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a, a gaming of the draft here, right? There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken early, a lot of receivers taken in the first round. I've seen tackles as well. How many defensive players go in the first round? And part of the reason I ask that is, yeah. you know, if the Bills take a tackle with their first-round pick, I have made a vow I won't be mad about it until they skip receiver in the second round. <laughs> then I reserve the right to be upset. Um, because, you know, there's a good sweet spot in the second round. Yeah. But it seems like teams that take a defensive player in this draft will probably get really great value because of how offensive-heavy it seems that mock drafts are early. Yeah, there's no question. The wide receiver, the offensive line – and really quarterback, you know, I think you're going to see, oh gosh, maybe 20 picks going to those three positions, right? Just a mm. ton of options in those spots. And that's going to push some defensive talent down. Now, part of that is because I don't think this is a great draft when it comes to the defensive options. There's certainly answers, but you're, the blue chip talent is just not there on the defensive side of the football. And so, you know, if, if you get this situation where teams are continuing to load up on offense and there's defensive talent that you like, I know the Bills are picking, what, 28th. You know, they'll, they'll have to be patient there. But, yeah, it's going to be a matter of, well, does defensive value exist there and you like how the board is shaping up at receiver to get something that you like on day two and you kind of attack it that way? Because for as much as wide receiver is a huge need, and I'm going to champion that too, but, like, defensive line is huge as well. Right now under contract is Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, and Ed Oliver and Kingsley Jonathan. That's your whole list. So you either need new players or new contracts the guys that really kind of faded down the stretch. If I'm the Bills, I'm not stressing about guys like Jordan Phillips and uh, Leonard Floyd and Daquan Jones. I mean, those are they have been good players. I know especially Daquan Jones and Leonard Floyd, but we're talking about north of 30 players when you're already in a big cap deficit. Like, at some point, you have to be willing to embrace some resets in some of these spots. And I think the defensive line this year, especially because you continue to be disappointed with by what they give you when it matters most, like, what, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of them continuing to not be good in the playoffs when it matters most? Get younger, get cheaper, and I think the, the board, the way that it could fall this year, may lead to that early pick in the defensive line. But, yeah, I'm with you. You want to see that wide receiver that next time you get a chance to make a pick. Heading into the offseason, we heard you know Brandon Bean yesterday sound a lot like you know it could be the end for both Hyde and Poyer, but more so you know he talked about Hyde for that. But on Poyer, too, like where do you think his game ended, Joe? He made the big play on, on Sunday. 
And that position in general, how do you think safety will kind of, you know, unwind here as we talk about the offseason? Yeah, it certainly sounded like Bean and McDermott were giving tribute answers um, about Poyer and Hyde and really reflecting on their legacy. I'd, I'd anticipate that to be the end of Hyde and Poyer, but I think there's a chance for Poyer to come back. Obviously, he is under contract, but the Bills do have a reasonable chance to get out of that deal and create some cap space. But um, you'd almost be nervous about replacing them both in one season, and, and I think Poyer, um, back to being Jordan Poyer as opposed to playing linebacker for like probably 30 40% of the snaps this season might put him back in a, in a good position for one more good season with the Bills. And, you know, if you get Milano and Terrell Bernard back, which you should, there's no reason for Poyer to play on the second level, and you can keep him back, and you know maybe the impact is a little bit better there. So I'm interested in that avenue, but I think you're going to need at least one new starting safety. And um, if there's anything I trust Sean McDermott to do, it's to figure out safety. His entire career he's done it with the Bills, obviously, Carolina, Philly. There's always been he just figures it out, and whether it's you know what he was able to get from Poyer and Hyde, who you know were free agent signings, modest free agent signings, or like – guys like Mike Mitchell or Kirk Coleman or Roman Harper, like he's just always been able to make it work at safety. So I think he will, you know, maybe there's a path for uh, one of their existing DBs, potentially Christian Benford to play safety uh, alongside Poyer. And you start that transition because you feel like between Rasul Douglas, Trey white and, and Kyrie Elam, you, you might have some options at corner, but they're going to, they're going to have some, some chances to, to figure it out, including, you know, finding their next bargain bin free agent that winds up being uh a meaningful asset there, but I think you're probably going to be replacing one of them. And uh, again, I, I, I know it's kind of lame to say it, but if there's anything, I think Sean McDermott can figure out a safety position because the resume is so good. Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast, Locked On NFL Scouting podcast as well. Joe, thanks for all the time this year. It's uh, a bummer we're not breaking down Bills Ravens, but yeah. we will have a good time getting on this receiver train and talking about you know all of the potential options, and of course, you know, safety, defensive line. You know, I've I've got time for other spots, but I'm 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 very excited to be uh, you know, on this receiver train with so many other people because it, it you know it's it's fun. It'll be a fun off season. No doubt, Jeremy. We tried to get ahead of it in previous drafts. I but, know you know, I, it didn't I know. cooperate. So That's... now it's desperation time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. No problem. Thank you. Joe Marino always does a great job. Uh subscribe to the Locked On Bills podcast. Uh, as we go into off-season mode, you can find that at the Odyssey app and uh, wherever you get your apps as well. And Locked On NFL Scouting, that's the other one too. Like here we go. Into the draft, into free agency, all that. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi with you. We have better to forget it when we get back. Also, should I run through th- these these Sabres lists I put out? Yes. Yes, we should. Maybe we have the free agent list now, too? Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not on Twitter. That would be you know, f- probably for your benefit. I put together the list of Sabres players, that this, the list of acquisitions the Sabres have made since trading Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. Free agents and trades. I mean, draft picks come, you just make picks. Right. Yeah. Free agents and trades. The list of moves, list of players the Sabres have, have added since the Jack Eichel dump. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details and change trade and uh would how would you describe it um deflating (laughs) (laughs) just it's it's a bit of a dark timeline yeah all right we'll do that we'll get you better to forget it we'll have a little fun 8030550 1888552550 to join us on uh, any of it Join us on the wide receiver train, you know? Yes. Lots of room there's, on this There's train. There's time. There's so much you gotta room. Get in now. Yeah, you got to get in now. Come on. Off-season time. We've got requests to bring back Guess the Prospect. Yes. Which I think we'll definitely be doing. Wide receiver edition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did that like, I think we did that two years ago or last year even, but we'll just keep doing it mm-hmm. until they get one. We've got to teach Josh all about Guess the Prospect. He's never been here for it, producer Josh Schmidt. So we'll teach him the ropes. The song's going to be back. That's going to, you know, of course, bring everybody... Right back to all the glory days of Guess the Prospect, which, of course, debuted in 2018 for quarterbacks. That was the debut? You guys didn't do it for uh, for the EJ draft? No. It was just the Allen draft. It was the Allen draft. Hmm. Guess the Prospect. Allen draft's a long time ago. It's six years. It's yeah. going to be six years in April. When when you said earlier that this is year eight for McDermott, like that just hit me. Like, it's it's year eight? Yeah. Year eight. And there will be a line of demarcation for many people, which is the 10-year mark. Imagine if they have not made the conference championship game in the next two seasons. The, the, what will the case be for moving on from McDermott? It'll just pretty simply be, you had a decade yeah. and made it to one conference championship game. Like I, I, At this point, I don't care what the culture is. You had a decade. But that's a couple years down the road. Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Jeremy and Joe and uh, you, if you'd like to join us here on WGR. He's a number one receiver. I firmly believe that. I'm not wavering off of that. Listen, we have to continue to put weapons out there to keep teams from bracketing him or locking him down in different ways to take him away. They know you're going to want him. Steph can still play. I'm sure he would love to have that deep ball again. He'd be the first to tell you. He's super competitive. He's going to work his tail off this offseason. And I know there's various reasons or questions on this or his production all that, but I still see Steph as a number one receiver. Bill's GM, Brandon Bean. This is the Killers who just announced a short residency in uh, Las Vegas. They're from Vegas at Caesars. I just got a memory, Joe, that I saw the Killers 15 years ago today in Toronto. Wow. Yeah. 
at uh, That's a show. Air Canada Center 15 Man. years ago. For anybody that. else that was at that show, hey, what's up? It was a good show. Do you remember who's with them? Uh, no. I didn't see whoever opened for them at Air Canada Center. Man, I would love to see the Killers live. I've seen them four times. It really, I, I saw, I forgot who had this take. They they should have been the halftime show this year. They're from Las Vegas. That's right. Like, that would have been perfect. They haven't done they haven't done a group like that, right? It's always pop. And maybe there's a reason for that. Um, and it's Usher now. Yeah. I would love to see them. I just Googled it. They're only, yeah. in, they're only in London. The closest so. they did was U2, right? Like, yeah. Other yes, than right. that, they did Bruce. Beyond- and, they, and they did their old school, like the Who, right? And like they went back to the 70s for a bunch of groups. But yeah. Did the Rolling Stones also do, do, yes. do one? Yes. Yeah, going back, Usher, Rihanna, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar in 2022, The Weeknd in 2021. Shakira, J-Lo, Maroon 5, Justin Timberlake, Lady Gaga, Coldplay, and Beyonce, Katy Perry, Bruno Mars, Beyonce again, Madonna, Black Eyed Peas, The Who in 2010. Here you go. You had The Who, Bruce Springsteen, and Tom Petty in three years in a row. Rolling Stones in 06, Paul McCartney in 05, U2 in 2002. The Kings of Rock and Pop in 2001 was... Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. Ah, wow, that's a that's a combination. It's a lineup. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand was a tapestry of nations. They used to title these shows a tapestry of nations. Yeah. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and an eighty-person choir. Okay. Nineteen ninety-nine, celebration of soul, salsa, and swing. Okay. Stevie Wonder, Gloria Estefan, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. 1998, tribute to Motown, 40th uh-huh. anniversary, Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Queen Latifah, Martha Reeves, and The Temptations. How about this one? I night? can't wait until you work your way back. To, I think there's one that was a Bills Super Bowl that is just unbelievable. Well, this one might be more unbelievable. There's one, isn't Warren Moon listed? <laughs> in 1997, yeah. the halftime show was titled Blues Brothers Bash. It featured Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James Belushi. Come on. Yes, 1997 halftime show. Those three just did a halftime show? 96, Diana Ross. 1995. Get ready for some of this stuff. Ready? Yeah. The 1995 halftime show was Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. <laughs> it's a play. Featuring Tony Bennett, Patti LaBelle, Arturo Sandoval, the Miami Sound Machine, yeah. and stunts including fire and skydivers. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Give us a play. Give us a show. Real ones remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. 94, Rock and Country Sunday. Here are the Bills Super Bowls. 93 was Heal the World, Michael Jackson and 3,500 local children. Yeah. Well, 92 is Winter Magic, mm-hmm. which was Gloria Estefan, Brian Boitano, and Dorothy Hamill. Yep. A salute to the winter season and winter Olympics. 91, a small world salute. To 25 years of the Super Bowl, and that is New Kids on the Block. Okay. In 1990, I'll, this is the last one I'll do, the 40th anniversary of Peanuts characters featuring trumpeter Pete Fountain, Doug Kershaw, and Irma Thomas. <laughs> Those are the ones. We need to get to that. 91, you you failed to mention, at least Wikipedia has this, the, the, the cast or the... The uh, performers for the 91 Super Bowl, New Kids on the Block, was also Disney characters, 2,000 local children, and Warren Moon is just listening. Oh. What was he doing there? 
Warren Moon, who's just up Moon. on the stage. Like that would be like the halftime show this year. It's welcome Usher and Kirk Cousins. And he's just on the stand. <laughs> for I don't even know. What why why is he up there? Come on, give me give me uh the killers. I did just look up by the way that they're doing a residency starting yeah. this year in uh, Las Vegas. That's I right. got I gotta get to Vegas, I eight, guess. It's only eight shows though. But eventually they'll no. just set up shop there, you know, being from there. CJ in Buffalo. Hey CJ, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, yep. I love halftime shows, but it's always got to start with who's going to give you the chills for the national anthem. That's usually where I start. Do you know who it is this year? We know who the anthem is. I do not. It is Reba McIntyre. Ooh, that's a win. Mm -hmm. All right. Reba McIntyre, national anthem, post Malone, America the Beautiful. Nice. That's that's a good selection, especially following Usher. Hey, uh, so I I called because I know uh, yesterday Brandon Bean spoke on, you know, kind of – happened to hit on these draft picks and i know he said after the compensation picks is about 10 if i'm not mistaken um i i, I don't mind being outdueled in a football game that's really close against the chiefs in the playoffs but do we always have to go against them in the draft as well and t- from i believe 2022 they grabbed trent mcduffie and we settled i believe with elam um i know there were some other names that we wanted to grab that year and then this following year, we grabbed a tight end, but they grabbed uh, Rasheed Rice in the second. And I know we wanted a receiver, even though we took uh, Osiris Torrance, which I don't think is bad either. But yep. at the same time, it's like we need more weapons as opposed to defensive players. And I love our O-line and everything, but now this year, you know they're going for a receiver. And we also need a receiver. And I know once you come off your train and you know start giving names, I guarantee they're going to pull a name that we are all dying or falling in love with. And it's driving me nuts and making me nervous that they're going to take somebody else that turns out to be good and we kind of miss again. And I feel that way with McDuffie versus Elam, uh, Rasheed Weiss versus uh, our tight end, which is tight end is fine, but it's not a receiver. Also, don't forget, CJ, in here is Boogie Basham, two picks before Creed Humphrey, who has been you know, mm-hmm. very good for Kansas City. Yep. And Boogie Basham, of course, turned into nothing for the Bills. Yeah, you're battling them in the draft. And every time I click on a mock draft, I immediately scroll. This is my routine to who did the Bills take? Okay, receiver. Then I close that draft. And I'm like, good, good job, mock draft. If it's something else, I then scroll the rest of the draft to see how many other teams in the Bills' way have drafted a receiver and get angrier by the number of teams that it is. So a mock draft, it's like, oh, Bills go with uh, safety. And the Chargers, Chiefs, Jaguars, <laughs> Dolphins, mm-hmm. uh, Texans, all added receivers. That, uh, I'm furious. Furious. Yep. It's, I don't know why. I should probably just stop clicking on mock drafts. We should get to better to forget it. Let's get to better to forget it. Presented by, Fan, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of WGR. Short version, but I've got a couple for you. All right, Bet I got a couple it. too. Bet it or forget it. Belichick sits out a year. I'm going to forget that. But where is he going? I don't He's, know, but he, he doesn't want to sit out a year. He has interviewed with Atlanta, and has there been anywhere else he has interviewed? There was, I thought there was a report that him and the Chargers had talked. I don't but know it looks like Harbaugh's going to take that job. Right, They're so very, very close. That one's done. The Titans' job is gone. Taken. I told you earlier, I think the Seattle one is weird because they would move on from one legendary coach that's old to another legendary coach. It's old. I think they would want to go young. Yeah. 
Um, he's not going to go to Carolina if he's smart. So maybe it does come down to will Washington give him the job. And well, Carolina, like, how badly does he want to coach? Does he just not know what he'll do with himself for a year? So does he take the Carolina job because he just wants to coach that badly? He's 71. He knows he doesn't have many more years left of doing this in the first place. Does he want to waste a year of only a few, you know, of a, of, of a timeline here where he doesn't have much time to coach? What are the other options? He could be a defensive coordinator. <laughs> I might think, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I think that might be more likely than him taking a year off. It, the guy just wants to coach, right? Isn't that his thing? What? He so badly loves okay, the sport okay, and I'll, the X's I'll, and O's. I'll play this game. I won't call it Let's Get Stupid. Well, you, you tell me. You tell me. The head coach in the NFL that says, you know what I should do is bring <laughs> the best coach of all time to work right next to me. <laughs> So that the moment the you lose moment week I, one. I'm 0-2, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, get this guy out of here. What coach feels secure enough to do You're that? You're going to need the most secure coach ever to, to do that. So, uh... or, or a coach that can be bullied by the owner. And even then, the owner's like, yeah, Who, who's that? The Giants. Because <laughs> the Giants love Belichick. True. And, man, Dable and Belichick together. They've worked together before, but he's not yeah, they have, under they have. Brian Dable. It might be Falcons or bust for Belichick. Imagine David Tepper with Bill Belichick. Ugh. What are the Falcons doing if they're not doing Belichick then? Vrabel? Uh, is, is Vrabel also going to end up somewhere? Maybe he sits out a year. See, we that s- makes more sense because of his age. I think the age is the thing. Wow, they're literally like the same thing they're talking about on ESPN right now. Like maybe maybe this is a thing. Maybe he won't coach next year. Yeah. But then what's different next year? More jobs. A whole fresh new run of jobs. There'll be five. Maybe there's one uh I, uh, I guess it hurts Belichick too that Harbaugh exists in this cycle. Yeah, there's another right? big whale out there. Yeah, and even I guess you could you could maybe call Vrabel that too. Maybe not not to the same level, but he's a yeah. big name. Better to forget it. Harbaugh gets the Chargers to the playoffs in year one. Bet it. I would bet that too. Bet it. I mean, we all thought Brandon Staley was like the worst coach in the league, right? And yeah. didn't he make the playoffs twice? No, I he made the playoffs once. He had a winning record twice. I bet Harbaugh gets that offense. You know, uh, yeah. Good to go. I, I think Harbaugh will uh, will get them on track. Better to forget it. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, or even if not, the Mahomes curse is going to become a thing around here. Yes, because CJ just called about the Bills and the Chiefs and their draft rivalry, and we generally gloss over the fact that the Bills did trade away right. that pick. Right. I saw Nick Wright somehow, made a case that it's like, yes, yes it made it into my timeline. Yes, that's right. I saw Nick Wright saying it's like the curse of the Bambino. Yes. Let me so, tell you, okay, let me, in the Nick Wright universe, me, it's, that's a different universe. It's already out there. But in the real world, is the Mahomes curse going to ever become a thing? No. Let me tell me how much brain space I have for this. <laughs> it's very little. Uh, another Mahomes one. Better to forget it. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl this year, Tom Brady will end his retirement in order to try and uh, pad his Super Bowl lead because he's getting nervous already. What he will do is continue to say that the game is easier now than it ever was. <laughs> he has already, yes, he's said already, that. He's already said it. He will yeah. not go five days without saying how easy it is to play now if Mahomes starts to approach his record. Yeah. Better to forget it. There's a lot of speculation that WWE Monday Night Raw... We'll move to Tuesdays on Netflix, its new partner, to get away from football. So Monday Night Raw becomes Tuesday Night Raw. I bet that. 
I mean, it's an institution in the sports yeah, entertainment it's, it's universe. A, it's a brand. It's but Monday Night Raw. Away, but getting away from football is something that's been, hey, you should probably do that and with a new carrier. Yeah. All right. I might, I might bet that. It's more important, right, to escape football than to, to worry about your branding in this in this case. So I, I'll, I'll bet that. Yeah. Better to forget it. Next, uh, in a two weeks, Liverpool is going to end Arsenal's uh, title run. This guy over here. Five point lead. Let's go. Let's go, Reds. You currently and have I think a five point lead? They have a five point lead. And I think they play Arsenal in, I think it's, it's is it next weekend or the weekend after? Mm. They play Arsenal on February 4th, Where's Sunday. Where's Isn't that Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, is that at Anfield? At Anfield. And they have a five point lead over both City and uh, Arsenal right now. Yep. It's going, cool. it's going good. Congratulations. At least some somebody in my sports life is giving me happiness. Who's giving me happiness right now? Golf being back is giving me happiness. Bijan Robinson getting a new head coach. Yes, that is also giving me happiness. Boy, you want Belichick for that? Though. No, I want Bobby Johnson. I want Bobby. Bobby Johnson. You mean Brian? Uh, ben, ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Ben I, want Johnson. Ben, I want Ben Johnson. Sorry, yeah. I want Ben Johnson. Who's Bobby Johnson? Bobby Johnson was NBA he player. Like the, no, he's a. Uh, Former Bills assistant coach, isn't he with the Giants now? Yeah, that's right. Like offensive line coach? Yes. Um, ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. That's what I want is Ben Johnson. I want Arthur Smith in New England. Did you see Diana Rossini's report about Arthur Smith? Let's yes. Play, let's this play this is, one on Better Forget It. So Diana Rossini reports that more than seven teams have <laughs> serious interest in bringing Arthur Smith on as their offensive coordinator. Wait, I already want to stop. For a second here, more than seven, so eight, maybe, maybe thirty. More than seven. More than seven what teams. An odd report. I know it's more than seven. It could be thirty, but I'm not going to tell you it's more than twenty-five. So better to forget it. More than seven teams do in fact want Arthur Smith no. as their OC. There's no way. No, of course not. That's ridiculous. But that being said, I hope New England is one of them, and they they do that. I want New England to hire to run their offense either Arthur Smith or Cliff Kingsbury. That's what I want. Kingsbury's been rumored for the Eagles job. All right, we got to get we got to get a break. That's bad. That old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better to forget it. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook official partner of WGR. We'll talk with Paul Hamilton at 9.30 if you want to know what happened in the Sabres game. And I will run by him those dastardly lists of players the Sabres have acquired since trading Jack Eichel. It is not a surprise, but also it will it will put you in your seat. Wow. They're bad still. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Caller 5 right now, 5 and 6. We have four pack of tickets for one-day admission to the 2024 Buffalo Auto Show. That's coming to Buffalo Convention Center Thursday, February 1st through Sunday, February 4th. And you can go to buffaloautoshow.com for tickets and details. Hmm. What are we looking at here? How much time are we going to spend breaking down the very last play of Bills Chiefs, the third down? You're still on it. I'm still on it. I see Mike Catalana. Uh, tweeting about it as well this morning, Mike Catalan of WHAM and uh, Buffalo Plus on YouTube. Yeah, I think the second down play has been getting more the second down ta- play. talk, I'm sure, um, because that's the one where it's obvious the digs is open, but it, it's a, that one's a better debate, I guess, because Shakir is open in the end zone, Yeah, but Diggs is there for, you know, the fir- he's probably getting the first down, and... Does it have to be true that your win probability is higher with the touchdown to Shakir than the pass to Diggs for a first? I'm not sure about that. But I've been more focusing on the third down play because I really I want to know if Allen, Josh Allen didn't trust his head coach to go for it on fourth down, and that's why I, I don't know if he saw Shakir on the left. Shakir was open for six yards on a quick stick route. And then he, he definitely saw Kincaid. He stared at Kincaid. He pump faked Kincaid for six yards that would have got them to fourth and three. And I really wonder if Allen, who two years ago watched himself scored a touchdown to take the lead and never got the ball back, thought, if I don't get the first down here, I'm not throwing a pass the rest of the season. The season will end if I don't get this first down. Because yeah. and I wonder if he didn't trust his head coach to take the six yards for Kincaid there and let me keep trying to extend it because I don't think I'm getting the fourth down. I don't think I'm getting the fourth down play in my hands. You might be right. I think that's an awful lot of thought going in 40 seconds before a play. I just wanted him to go to Kincaid there. Yeah, right. I, what I, really, for me, it's I want what I would have liked to see them do is take that pass to Kincaid well, and go get the first on fourth and three. If you're the, because don't accepting the field goal to me there is just is the worst thing you could do. Just play it. Forget whim probability and fancy numbers. Play it this way. What would the Chiefs have liked the least? A first down. Right. That's what they would have liked the least. Yep. Touchdown? Fine. Get out there, Pat. Field goal? Get out there, Pat. Stop. Game over. I mean, field goal there, it's like, it's easy. Right. He's got to get to even, the 35. Even a, even a touchdown to Shakir. The worst thing for the Chiefs, I do believe, would have been a first down. Yeah, I think so. 
Uh, John, on the other side, hang on a moment. We'll get back to the Sabres. I want to get through this uh, list. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, the list. Yeah, the if you, list. If you've not yet seen the list, give us the break in three minutes. We'll get it to you. You won't forget it. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.